commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the Rebel Outposts on Tamiri to the Cantinas on Stenos, I'm Rex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, a Star Wars newscast dedicated to bringing you the latest stories from around the galaxy every week. We are pleased to announce that today marks the opening of Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Parks and Resort. All of us at Core World News would like to congratulate all the Imagineers who worked so hard to make Galaxy's Edge fully operational. Here is your news segment rundown for May 31st, 2019. More Mouse Than Man. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Into the Holocron. But first, the talented screenwriter, producer, and showrunner Leda Calagridis is currently writing a screenplay for a Knights of the Old Republic film. Now for your hosts, Ben, Grant, and Adam to discuss. Ooh, lovely, Grex. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for that. That's yeah. very interesting. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Y'all uh, big fans? I, did you? Did, I played all the games. I mean, yeah, I played games. one. I played two. I played a little bit of the MMO, not too much, but yeah, which is a Republican. little, I think, disconnected, isn't it? The timeline wise, the, the MMO. I uh, I want to say I, I think Revan is actually in the game. Okay, I think yeah. he was featured in one of the expansion. Oh, okay, because uh, I similar packs, to you, I played but, uh, it for a while, and then my issue with MMOs is that there's no winning the game and right. i need and we've discussed my ability to hunt badgers for two hours in Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> i need goals like i need yeah. achievable goals um but i did enjoy it. i mean i played both the first two mm-hmm. i've probably played those through this isn't this is going to be bad because i can't follow up with any details but i probably played both of those through five mm-hmm. times wow yeah no i mean i love i love role-playing games they're my favorite type of video game and right. then you add a star wars element on top of that mm-hmm. and i'm all about it. Yeah, that, you're in. And I mean, that was like that was revolutionary. That game at the time. I mean, that's that's where we got to like these these kind of more current versions of, of role playing. It's just like you get you get art, you get experience. You can mod, you know change your character. The decisions you make affects the storyline. Right. And it's actually more interactive than just button mashing. Right. So yeah, yeah, the great progression system yeah. and uh, with the ability to skew either light or dark, you could really explore mm-hmm. both paths with such detail, uh, never before done in a, in a yeah. Star Wars experience, where you could you could either choose Sith or you could choose Jedi. You could go yeah. to either academy and learn all these different, you know, yeah. combat styles, the history, the lore, that's so cool. the practices. It was really really cool. It sounds really cool in practice, but I I confess I am the other type of person. If it's not a button masher, I that's can, fair. I, I lose uh, interest. I tried The Witcher and couldn't do it, and everyone loved that game. Um, which I guess is a little bit different, but no, it's it's not that different. I, I was putting my mind of like they're two very different things. I mean, it's it's all yeah. it's all you know. I did try um, for a throwback sort of. Uh, I saw they had uh, Knights of the Old Republic on a, as like a tablet mm-hmm. game, and I was like, all right, that'll be kind of cool because I was like big, you know, I was traveling mm-hmm. a lot and it was yeah. big into tablet games, and um, but it, my it kept crashing my. Oh, thing. No. So I, I got through the first like three or four sections, and then I was just like got fed up when when the action started happening. It was like uh, too frustrating. That's not good. To, that gave me. A, I downloaded that. I still haven't played through because I don't have a lot of free time, and I I will sometimes play while I'm watching TV. Mm. But I need to play mindless games that kind of is like like I yeah. literally am playing like Shining Force for Sega Genesis right now on my tablet <laughs> while I'm watching TV because it's literally just X, it's just XP or just farming XP. Yeah. So I can just be like button 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 button. What's happening on the Americans? Button 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 button. Nice. Like I don't have yeah. to. Yeah. So, but you're somewhat familiar with the story, right? No, that's the thing. Oh, no. I should be right. I know. Yeah. I, I played. I played each one through five times. I know like the basic characters and beats. But like, yeah. I saw your text earlier. Where you're like, we should talk about it. So what's your favorite yeah. character? I'm like, I got one. Like, I want to yeah. see. I mean, it's gonna be everyone's favorite, which is yeah. HK the droid. 
HD four seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like he's just the best droid yeah. in all of Star Wars. Wow. He was incredible. Yeah, and for for a droid to be written that well outside of the films mm-hmm. was, was so fun. And uh, I would love to see him make an appearance in the films. But uh, my big standout character from Knights of the Republic is Darth Malak. I think he yeah. has mm-hmm. the capacity to yeah. be as big and bold and threatening as mm-hmm. Darth Vader. And uh, we always talk about how I think big threat needs to be injected back into Star Wars. And I think Darth, Darth Malak is perfect. I mean, he's got the a metal jaw, yeah. the vocoder, but uh, yeah. you still get the emotion of his eyes. He's not completely hidden behind yeah. a sort of mask. And it, and it, uh, you know, when you think about it, when you describe it to other people, it sounds like a Vader ripoff. They really were able to do something very unique yeah. with that character that yeah. made it feel like, oh, you know, there are certain yeah. like holdovers with Sith. Like they do like mm-hmm. to play around with technology and, and try to like make yeah. themselves, but there is this like. Yeah. There's still something very different about Malak that I yeah. really. What I find most with. compelling about that game was uh, you you would get these flashbacks of Malak and Revan as Jedi. They were mm-hmm. they were Jedi before they fell out of the Sith, and they were always they were yeah. exploring temples. And in their explorations, they learned of, of a key to great power, which is this this giant kind of mega structure in space known as the Star Forge that you learn That's about right. later. It's actually a great kind of MacGuffin mega yeah. super weapon uh, that that differentiates from the mm-hmm. Death Star. I mean, there's instead of like just blasting planets and ex- exploding planets with a, with a death laser it's it's more so that it has a, an endless supply of, sh- of, of of ships of fighter ships and, yeah. and technology and, and untapped technology that yeah hasn't that's been used right before yeah it's really cool um yeah i always love the the I, you know i didn't play through the games but i was sort of obsessed in and um, very interested in all the all the dark side all, you know sith lords mm-hmm. that were in it they were yeah. too, you know so i wikied all of them just to see it i mean yeah. the the story is amazing. Yeah. The, the yeah. characters are amazing. It was like, it's a fascinating, compelling story. I yeah. can see why it would be a great playthrough yeah. and why, I mean, clearly everyone loves that game. I have a, I have a cross country flight coming up probably in the next few weeks that yeah. this kind of came about and I was like, maybe I'll read a book. I'm like, no, maybe I'll sit on my iPod and play through. Yeah. There you go. The Republic. Yeah. Yeah. But so the game depends on this kind of like amnesiac, uh, narrative where, yeah. where you play as a character who, who's, uh, has a foggy past, a back backstory. Who yeah. he doesn't know where he came from, and he's now just joined the ranks of the Jedi. And um, and as you progress, you learn this dark truth about your past, and uh, you're more connected to the the Sith Empire and uh, and and Malak than than you thought as you played through the game, which is really Very fascinating. Cool. With that, without kind of without revealing everything, but um, yeah, I I don't know if that would work for a movie. I don't think an amnesiac story is what we want. Right, I mean, yeah. Ray to a degree is a little bit. Um, confused and uh and her past is also kind of a mystery but um i i don't think that you can start with i don't think revan should be the main character of a feature-length film i think that hmm. like revan origins would you don't think so i mean i i would love to see malik and revan as jedi explored in the film but i don't think you do the story from the game i don't think you do that story per, per se i think maybe you maybe you deal with maybe you do the um a child or a young, uh, a young character that came after that story and yeah. is a product of that story, and that's See, the character who leads the leads the. Movie. I agree. Hmm. It's 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 hard to do a translation of that game because also it's like if I've if there's a book or there's a property that I know really well and they're and they're making it into a film like The Dark Tower, I get excited, but also at the same time, it's not like what's going to happen, right? Like right. that I feel every time I go see a Marvel movie, even though I know Marvel, there's just so much they can borrow from or like right. a Star Wars film where it's just kind of like, it almost makes it reminds me of like prequel, the way I felt about the prequels. I really enjoyed them, but I was kind of like, right. it wasn't like what's going to happen. It's like, how are they going to get there? Mm-hmm. And the journey's right. there, which is exciting, but like 
if they did a Knights of the Old Republic, I'm like, okay, so I know this, I know that, and I won't spoil yeah. if people have played, where I like this idea of that's such a rich world, though, and imagine, like, you can have all that stuff going on in the background, and you can have Revan and Malak as bad guys, as mm-hmm. they're, as these big bads, as these threats, but tell another story that takes place during that same time period who are interacting with some yeah. of these characters and stuff, which would be much more interesting to me. I think the story I want is a story that's kind of an alternate story from what happens in the game, uh, it would be fun if well, there is a love story in the game mm-hmm. and um, it would be fun to see the, the child of those two people who are in love in the game. Mm-hmm. And then you keep Malik as the villain as if he had won yeah. the entire plot of the game. If oh, he had won okay. the entire plot of the, cause I think all I want is a young hero in Malik. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I, Revan and Vast Lashan and, and uh, Ordo or whatever his name is, uh, kind of um, uh, Mandalore. Uh, all these guys I thought were, all these characters were great, but I think Malik is the standout villain and he has, awesome capacity to be a huge i have a casting character. thought very sure it's popped in my head you know you cast as malik who sam whitworth oh give that man something to do he does he does darth maul's voice but i just i follow mm. him on he's such a star horse fanatic yeah and like make yeah. him post hair and yeah just put him in there like i think he could totally like, put him in a lot of the makeup i think he could deliver his lines you have the vocoder stuff yeah but, like just give him a yeah i love sam whitworth. i would love That's to see call. him in the uh in this story for sure i would love to see him on screen um Malik was always very tall and beefy to me. Like, kind of yeah. a big character. Like, big Have you seen Sam Whitworth lately? I haven't. I haven't, no. <laughs> I did not recognize him when I saw him oh, on really? his Instagram. That man has bulked up. Oh, yeah. He's swole. Wow. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Um, it's like, how beefy do you have to be for a VO job? You think that'd be a good, you know. Uh, he's got, I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> yeah, that's cool casting. I like that. But, um, but yeah, I think there's like other options. As far as the uh, the writer goes, uh, Leda Caligridis, mm. she is uh, she's the first female writer since Lee Brackett on Empire, which is really, really awesome. And I'm, I hope we see more of this in the future. Um, yeah. Uh, she produced, she was a producer on Avatar. She wrote Alita Battle Angel. I don't know if you guys have seen that. No. I uh, saw a lot of the previews, so. but I did not see it. And Showrun. No, I haven't okay. seen it either. Uh, hmm. She was a showrunner on Altered Carbon, the first season of Altered oh. Carbon on okay. Netflix. So. She's got a she's good got little credits. filmography going on here. Um, yeah, she's and she's familiar with uh, kind of large scale sci fi films like Avatar here. So that's pretty cool. Um, Interesting. Yeah, they're just tapping into some new talent. Maybe she had something uh, in the works or yeah. something that she pitched and it yeah. worked out. So I don't want to get yeah, I don't want to get too inside baseball here. But so we have we have Benny Hoffman Weiss's the- series. We have Ryan Johnson series. We have this movie or series. Is this a movie or a series, or is this the sketch of a new? Movie? It, it was Unclear. recorded as movie, movie. a lot, <clears throat> okay. which was like so. Disney or well, yeah, Disney and Star Wars and Lucasfilm. You can't have it both ways. You can't say there's going to be a three year break and then a movie other every other movie and then announce nine movies. I'll literally right. be like fifty nine. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be like I'll be collecting like yeah. Medicaid. Like I'll be collecting like Social Security by the time these nine movies come out. With right. This, and like, then there'll be nine more, dude. Yeah. Which is there's no way. Like right. Yeah. Like you can't. Either some of these aren't coming out, or they got to switch back to the once a year. The problem yeah. with Knights of the Old Republic is a lot of there's a lot of like wish fulfillment and fan expectation, which yeah. worries me because I feel like Star Wars should maybe explore new territory yeah. rather than go down a, a path that they had you know gone down in the past. And yeah. It's, I think this it could be dangerous, but um, as long as they stay away from a lot of the content that we've seen thus far yeah. and create an entirely new story, I think they should be fine. But yeah, I think that the recipe is you know you you want to produce something that the people that played Knights of the Old Republic will get bonus appreciation yeah. for, but it's going to be new content that's going to be intriguing to the mm-hmm. layman. 
and you know have an outcome that's not decided yet and you know create new characters and that mm-hmm. that whole thing so it's just sort of like they complement each other but it's just going to be new content in that world and yeah. then a little bit of fan service because everyone's clamoring for it they probably yeah. know they can make money on it just by hanging nights of the republic shutter on the front but yeah it's tough and i you know Craig, i agree with you there's there's a there's always a a, a challenge with adapting yeah it's yeah, it's difficult. Name the last good uh, video game so adaptation. Was, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask: is can we name one? Like, can you think of one? I have one kind of in my back pocket that was passable, okay. which was the new Tomb Raider. That Did was you see that? Uh, I, it was I, right, I, that. right. Like that's that's just good. I say it was passable. It was fine. I didn't hate it. It was like yeah. it was. It did its own thing. It didn't follow the game too closely, but it felt right. like an, it felt like a little Indiana Jonesy, which is right. kind of what it's supposed to be. And she dual wielded pistols at some point, mm-hmm. and a bow and arrow. So we got what we want there. It was like an origin story. Yeah, and that yeah. was interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah. that's just kind of fine. It didn't do. It didn't blow up the box office yeah. either. It did not do well. No, I so. watched it. You know when. Jenny was out of the house. Yeah, we were just we watched it because I think it was mm-hmm. free somewhere. We're like, this looks interesting. Like it's yeah. like we wanted to shut our brains off for a little while and watch some action, and it was good for that. Yeah, voila. Anything else? Yeah, I, I kind of uh, have a soft Mortal spot. I, I was literally <laughs> saying I kind of have a soft spot for Mortal Kombat. That was um, pretty good, but it was so cheesy and wrong. Um, there was uh, Doom, wasn't there? There's Doom. There was Doom. Oh boy, that was a thing when it happened. That was a problem because you try to make. You try to make The Rock the bad guy, which doesn't yeah. necessarily work. And then you decide to go first person at the very end to make it seem like a Doom game, which just made me nauseous. Like, it was just yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. Anyone remember the Super Mario Brothers? Oh, yeah. Adaptation? <laughs> that movie's amazing, but not for what the reasons they wanted it to be mm-hmm. amazing. It's it's just unbelievably wacky. But like, mm-hmm. I can't think of many. Like, it just... And I can think of plenty that have happened. It just happened successfully. I mean, yeah. I guess... Yeah, um, yeah, it's not a very good formula. No, you don't want to get unintentionally lumped in with them so why is mm-hmm. that right so why why can you adapt movies and, or adapt books and video or brain books and comics and things like that but and and you can even adapt um like other types of properties randomly like pirates of the caribbean you can adapt yeah. a ride mm-hmm. video well, games just don't seem very adaptable i think maybe in like 10 years or 20 years they will be because now video games are so yeah. much more developed like they're cinematic god, mm-hmm. there should be a god of war movie right yeah i'd watch that like, i'd watch a god of war movie but it's a good point because you, you name some of these newer movies and i'm like oh i before i'd be like oh, we don't need that and now i'm like oh, i'd watch that i watched like a last of us movie i'd watch yeah. like that like, oh yeah yeah great and they, they are i think there were talks about making an uncharted movie oh yeah with yeah tom holland. Watch that. with tom holland yeah. but the thing that's the whole thing is you play the game and that's the movie yeah and you get to be the movie you get mm-hmm. to be in it and you take part of it and it's there's something like it's just like all the movie's going to make me want to do is go back and play a video game again. I think you hit the nail. I think there's also, which is part of what we're dealing with fan culture right now, is a sense of ownership, mm-hmm. right? But I feel I feel like that is somewhat more valid with video games because you've, you've played that for so long and you've yeah. made decisions and actions that you now, and now you've, you've engaged with it in this deep level and now you're just going to sit in a chair and watch someone else do yeah. it. Like it just doesn't, yeah. Right. It's just sort of sad. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was hoping when I heard this rumor that she was sort of, she might be scripting a new game. Yeah, that would be, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's the formulas there. I mean, EA has the license with Lucasfilm, and they also own BioWare. It's their subsidiary uh, company. And so uh, I don't see why they wouldn't make a Nigel Public 3. It would be huge. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was BioWare. There's been other people that are, like, begging to, like, make this game for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And or even yeah. to take the old games and then and put them in like an Unreal Engine. Yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah I would. Oh, please. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be incredible. But, but, um, but yeah. we just, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, and at the same time, they don't, uh, this writer doesn't have to borrow from the, the first and second Knights of the Republic game. They also, uh, she also has the Tales of the Jedi comics. There's other, there's yeah. other uh, media that, that go back in time to explore this period where it's the Old Republic. So there's lots more to borrow from. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it's larger than just those two yeah. games. Yeah. All right. Well, very interesting nonetheless. Everyone's shown a lot of interest in this this game series, and um, so oh, good stuff. He's more twisted and evil. So, Galaxy's Edge in California is officially open to the public, and we've been flooded with uh, <laughs> new content and new yeah. uh, experiences from Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. It looks uh, looks pretty. Pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. Last night I was on my couch instead of playing Jeopardy with my wife, looking at Galaxy Edge <laughs> stuff, and then I'd pause and tell her something, and she'd just be like, "And she loves Star Wars, and she wants to go to Star Wars Land, but she's like, Adam, you gotta stop." And I said, "No, no, like I need this." And she's like, "Okay, she no, I texted us." No, she's like, "I get it, I totally get it." And I'm like, and we had this like amazing moment of a relationship where I'm like, she's like, "I understand this is really important to you. You talk about it, and from my end, I understand that you just don't care." <laughs> so we had an arrangement that I could say as much as I want and she could be as engaged or not as she wanted, but she was present for the conversation. <laughs> just, so there's a lot of like 10 minutes of me explaining stuff to her and she's like, ah, uh-huh, uh-huh, cool. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Maybe you should have just talked to your dachshund. <laughs> I kind of wanted to, but that's so exciting. She, and, but she's unbelievably excited to go to this too. Yeah. She's just like, you're dealing with someone So it's sinking in on some level. She's well, like, she uh, is, but you're like, she's not wrong in this whole situation. I'm slightly obsessed. You should have texted us, man. Because every time I saw something, I'm like, well, <laughs> I know Adam's got this covered. <laughs> yeah, and at, yeah. That, at the grand opening, we had uh, Bob Iger, of course. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Mark Hamill. Yep. Uh, Billy Dee Williams. Yep. Harrison Ford. You yeah. guys all watched that that little yeah. opening clip? Yeah. Oh, my God, it was, yeah. It was so touching. Uh, Harrison just said, this one's for you, Peter. Oh, Bang yeah. on the Falcon. Started uh, up. Galaxy's yeah. Edge was open. It was incredible. It was Fireworks the whole yeah. night. That was really tasteful. I'm glad. It was. And uh, and uh, Mark Hamill's been tweeting up a storm with pictures. Because mm-hmm. it was fun because he tweeted a lot of pictures of him doing his role as 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 ambassador. And then there were so many family photos of him with his like kids, his oh. adult kids and families. And like sitting in like at the chess table, at the Jark, the Jark table. Oh, on yeah. the Millennium Falcon with his wife, like cuddling, like all these like amazing kind of just little photos. So it was great. And then he just also made me t- cry because he had this like mm-hmm. list of things. And at the very end, he just kind of said like, this one's for you, Carrie. Like he oh, said, like, yeah. cause like everyone, you know, like that she would have loved this as much as he did. So it was kind of just an amazing, yeah, amazing moment. And uh, the other big person there is, is the maker himself. Yeah, George. Oh, George Lucas. Sorry, yeah. I forgot. I was George. like, there's yeah. someone yeah. else there. I was like, wait, what yeah. did I, who did I name? Oh yeah, George Lucas, the creator <laughs> was there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and he had some words for the crowd, and it was, uh, and he thought that everything at the park was very well done. And he said, you know, that's it's incredible that it went this way. That, yeah. that Disney took it in this direction, where they've done such a good job. Yeah. with managing the the license, and so so he's happy with it. I've read sparingly, honestly, the last one. I've mostly been looking at like headlines and pictures, and a little bit like here or there. And I've I've read two articles. One that Ben sent me directly through. Oh yeah. So I read that, and the other one I read. This is how like nuts I go for because like, I also just find theme parks fascinating. Like I just I want to just study them. I just find them really interesting and the, interesting. And, the and the and the how they develop and all the the you know I me mean, I'm a process nerd so like I'm fascinated in lines and like how they figure this stuff out. I'm a weirdo. Let's so, talk about Canopy Lake Park. Like how do you, yeah, 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 really, I guess, <laughs> yeah, I go deep on Canopy Lake Park, especially how they maintain the immersion. Right, yes. like that is gonna, that's the so, most fascinating part. Yeah. Of that's the, park. the article I read was literally about how you walk into Galaxy's Edge. And there's this whole there's this whole article about how 
what Disney likes to do and theme parks like to do is you generally walk into an area through a tunnel. So if you go down Main Street, Disney, you go underneath the train tracks until you walk through a tunnel and it's because it reveals like in a movie because you walk yeah. through and you just see this thing and apparently they've done that to the nines with galaxy's edge so that you kind of walk into this like functioning spaceport and like second you walk in you just hear all the noises that you would hear it's like constant ships taking wow. off and landing mm-hmm. and like and it's fully like people just come up start, come up to you and start having conversations with you as if you're in world like it's just it's supposed to be that's really cool yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out the sound design all over mm-hmm. that park because uh matthew wood was involved with imagineers and mm-hmm. they really want to make it as immersive as possible so you can probably see you can probably hear yeah. alien you know dialects you can hear ships taking off and landing uh droids beeping and uh, yeah that's gonna be really cool yeah totally. i can't wait to check that out yeah um coolest thing i've seen so far are the water fountains there's like a dianoga in the water fountain oh i heard about it but i didn't see the i didn't see the picture i heard that was gonna be yeah Yeah. it's gonna be amazing guys like it's just it's just it's one of those things where i think we were kind of discussing i have this i have this cross-country trip going out to california in a couple weeks probably and uh visiting in-laws who i love but unfortunately live in northern california which is very very far away and i'm trying to convince everyone for a seven hour road trip to get down to anaheim which probably not gonna happen and we probably couldn't get it in anyway because I think it's all reserved up for the next, I think, right. through mid-June or something. Because they did reservations for the first mm-hmm. month, I think. But um, it, it's it's just, it's one of those things where wanting to go so bad, but at the same time remembering that there's only two rides in the entire land. And only one of them is currently open right now, right. which is the Millennium Falcon ride. Oh, and that right, ride right. of the Resistance doesn't open up until phase two, which they say come, coming later this year, which to my mind says December of 2019. Right. Yeah. So... So I'm trying to hold on. I think it's going to wait till it dies down a little bit. It's always going to be there, but it's just, it seems, yeah. yeah. Give it a year to run. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see out. how much it changes too. I mean, I think the coolest thing about it is that like they essentially made a place of worship for Star Wars fans. Yeah. Like, yes, they're going to make money off it. Yes, it's like a commercial enterprise, but it's like to be able to be in that space, mm-hmm. it's like more a celebration of yeah. the, you know, the content. And um, and a place for people like us yeah. to really go and love it, and hopefully generation after generation too. As yeah, they grow up in Star Wars and, and love the movies and want to be in world. Yeah, I guess the big news coming out is that it's the the it's a canon story that you're yeah. in. Like everything that happens is canon, and that it repeats every day. That there's this there's this story that progresses through the day. Um, which can sound super repetitive, right? This idea that every time yeah, you go, they said it was like Groundhog's same. Day, right? Kind of, kind of. But actually, Groundhog's Day is a good idea because you're, you you are Bill perfect. Murray because you can go do something else different that day, every day, yeah. right? And you can watch it from a different angle or interact yeah. with something else. And I'm guessing the way they're going to tell the story is that there's a lot of side plots going on, and for you to get the full idea of what happened and who interacted with whom mm-hmm. and what happened, you actually have to go multiple times to be like, oh, I want to be in this cafe at noon. <laughs> Right. When this thing happens, or I right. want to be over in this square at two two thirty when this gun when this blaster chase happens or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're gonna figure out what oh, what actually caused that thing to happen. And it's gonna be a lot of people, I'm sure, online sharing stories to figure out piece the wow. entire story together. So it's like, I wonder how long it is because right? Don't they only let you be there for, for six hours? Four hours, I think, for now. Four hours. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, so is the story four hours long, or is the story eight hours long, and they run it twice? Is it like, is the story the whole yeah, day? I don't know. Open it's to a good close, question. Yeah. And you catch the piece you catch. To me, it sounds like it's a day, like it's a full day, but I just don't know. That's a really but good question. To me, that I mean that's almost like a three dimensional play. Like yeah. they have well, it's called the Donkey Show around here, but like they, yeah. there's like you know, it's a thing where you go to the club and the club's part yes, of the show. Yes, very much so. And, yeah. Um, so I, I wonder if that's what it is. If it's like really long form, you know, I think it theater. is. Yeah, and you can engage with it or not. You can go stand in line, do uh-huh. do do rides. You can go hang out at the bar. You can go 
shops or you can kind of watch the story unfold throughout the day. And I'm sure it's not constant. I'm sure it's like, I'm sure yeah. it's like anything else with Disney that there's scheduled times yeah. that you can see like this event happens here. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure there's going to be an online guide. I know they just uploaded or just changed their app now you can access. Yeah. Like when you walk into Star Wars land, you have the, you have the Disney app on your phone. Yeah. It changes. Right. It shifts over to the Star Wars app. Like oh, just cool. by knowing you're in that yeah. area, and a lot of people are designing phone cases that look like like in Galaxy data, oh, data pads. That's awesome. Yeah, like that. yeah. So, really, I've, really cool. I've never cosplayed in my life, but I think I'd be hard pressed mm-hmm. to not sort of dress somewhat in world for this. Oh yeah, Absolutely. I would feel like so you know weird and athleisure and Nikes and like you know no, my I, usual fluorescent tank top. I have a pair of like blue like nice pants that I like that I may wear and just have to put a little straight down. Yeah, maybe some brilliant blood stripes. I'm like, I looked at my closet yesterday and I'm like, I could piece together like a very Star Wars in world. I just need a vest and I'm golden. Yeah. Um, the other thing that Carly and I were talking about last night when she was interested and engaged was that um, what's interesting is if th- there's this model a little bit after the Harry Potter land in, at, at um, Universal Studios. Obviously, this is to the next level, but... It's very immersive. It's it's very whatever. And they they figured out how to capitalize on this because people were just going to Islands of Adventure, the one park that, that Harry Potter Land was in, mm-hmm. and people weren't going as much to just or the, the Universal Studios proper. And so what they ended up doing was adding a second Harry Potter Land in that Universal Studios. Yeah. And if you bought a park hopper pass, which cost more, you could take the train to Hogwarts from land one to land two. Oh, cool. So Disney, especially in Disney World, has Animal Kingdom, Epcot, MGM Studios, which is where Disney Disney uh, or where uh, Star Wars Land is, yeah. uh, and uh, the Magic Kingdom. So I think they have four parks. Am I missing one? That sounds so. right. I think that's it. it. Sounds it to me. Are you talking Florida? Yeah, Florida. Yeah, Florida. yeah. Because yeah. over in California, it's just it's just Disneyland and then California yeah. Adventure. Um, so part of what uh, what we were hypothesizing is it'd be very easy to annex separate sections of each of those parks yeah. and create different spaceports in different lands. Oh, that would be really cool. cool. The old Republic land could be even twice the size of Galaxy's Edge. Right, you could do that. And then yeah. you could actually revamp the monorail very yeah. easily. And you just so have you to don't case it in a tunnel yeah. Yeah. with video screens that make it look like you're going through hyperdrive the entire time you're on the monorail. And right. you just redo the inside. Right. And you can sell Park Hopper Pass for five days yeah. and just make bank. Are we pitching that. ideas right now? I guess we are. Cards, <laughs> Cards and I were banking. Don't everyone thank me at once. I feel like a Doc Ondar's uh, Den of Antiquities, they should reward lore buffs by posing riddles that if someone can answer it, they maybe get like a unique item. Yeah. Yeah. I think sounds like awesome. there's going to yeah, be stuff totally. like that going on. Right, I mean, I yeah. think, not maybe not to that level, but it sounds like there's going to be deep, deep rewards. Or like imagine if Moman's yeah. Mask was like a one-off unique. And yeah. you had to answer a sort of riddle dealing with Darth Vader and Moment, like to get it, you know. I'm guessing cool. that there's going to be, and really if it's cool. not run already, that there's going to be a point system because you have to go in with a wristband, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a point system attached to how will you do on the, on the Millennium Falcon. There's going right. to be other things that interact that you can get points for saying the right thing, any right thing. You probably can get just like in old days, you get mm-hmm. you know little uh, uh, tickets to buy your rewards at the very end that you might get. Maybe I'll trade your points mm-hmm. in for certain rewards at the end of the day. Would be yeah. a good idea. That's very cool. And um, are you guys seeing any photos from Savi's workshop and the lightsaber building? A little bit, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I've seen some posts on Reddit, people showing their um, their lightsabers that they've yeah. gotten. Um, yeah. And some, cool. yeah, one had like some symbols that were actually 
you could find on like the Jedi text, like the binder of the Jedi, uh, yeah. the Jedi text from. Mm. Very cool. So yeah, so they're like, does anyone know what this means? And they're like trying to figure out like all their. Yeah, it's exciting. it's interesting. There's been a lot of think pieces about how it's not just the price of a mission. That's all this other added on prices. I'm like, yeah, and, and this, I'll admit my privilege is showing a little bit here, but yeah, it's going to be expensive. It is. Inevitably um, expensive. It is, but it's also, that's Disney. It's always been Disney. Like when my parents yeah. took me, it was very much like, you get $10 today. This is in the 80s. So it's $10 is a lot. You get $10, you can buy whatever you want, $10, that's it. And by the way, we're packing PB&Js. You're, we're not buying you dinner. We're not buying yeah, you yeah. lunch. Like that was like, the, so that's part of it. It's like you can do it. You can go it's and enjoy everything. It's like, so essentially they're sending you to Florida, the worst state in the union. Yep. Sorry, Florida and Floridians. <laughs> but, and you, and, and they're, they're treating it like you're going to, you know, Aruba or something like it's yeah. like it's it's this luxury experience yeah. mm-hmm. that you're yeah. paying premium value for for like an event that's going to you know bring your family together it's all about yeah. family and, and like you know it's true yeah they've done a great job with their brand they've done a great job marketing themselves and yeah. and I mean they're marketing towards families which is like a lot of families out there that want to have this yeah this fun experience together and they're I think honestly a lot of who they're who they're advertising Galaxy's End and all these add-on prices are are to dinks, right? Dual incomes, no kids. Yeah. That's who they're advertising to, I feel like, in terms of like, no, most people aren't going to have their kid go and spend $200 to buy a craft lightsaber that has a story and a holocron built inside of it. But two doors down, you can go to um, Star Tours where it exits out into the gift shop. In the gift shop, you have the plastic lightsaber where you can choose different things, put it together and buy it for $20. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're selling it to collectors and deep lore nerds. It's like people our age that have kids that are into it or a little bit older, I guess. A little bit older, yeah. I I just mean, mean, like, like, don't buy a six-year-old. Maybe $200 lightsabers for dad. And then maybe this other thing that the child appreciates more is for them. It's like, you know, they're hitting all the different markets and age brackets and all that stuff. Yeah. Who cares? It's not like you have you to also yeah. buy alien pets. I mean, yeah. yes. fun plushies for Have kids. you seen the uh, yeah. have you seen the Rathtar? I did. Yeah. Well, if you see it vibrating, it just uh, it's a little tiny thing. It's it's like about size of a softball, maybe a little like the the uh, body it's like and it's got tentacles. Yeah. And you click it it just vibrates and ro- like rolls around the oh, entire. <laughs> it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's way too cool. And then there's mm-hmm. a droid factory where you can build your own droid, and it's really cool because there's just this conveyor belt going around the room, just yeah. that has parts on it that you can just oh, pick no. up and start. When you just together. start putting them together, yeah, yeah put it's so a, fun. A and then, or... then they're like, "That'll be two hundred dollars when you're out of there." Or like... I mean, I don't know what the price. I'm sure, but I think so. going back to the food, the food at Galaxy's Edge actually looks appetizing like, and interesting and exotic and different. And yeah. in world, like, and you in can't world. buy a churro. Yeah. Like you can't use. It's like, all the food. Yeah. And I did see the little like great. Felucia garden plate looked a lot like a pita with like, oh really with like tabbouleh and hummus but yeah you know whatever at least that's more appetizing than yeah the churros and the fried chicken and the yeah, yeah. milkshakes yeah. and the cokes and the, all that kind of stuff you just normally would get at Disneyland um, yeah so the food I think looks good and I think that's a big draw uh, obviously Ogus Cantina incredible and mm-hmm. uh, yeah David W Collins uh, on Twitter recently just said he he's the voice of Oga so oh really mm-hmm. yeah and cool. um, and we know that Matthew Wood and the Imagineers work closely together to design to create the sound design. And we know John Williams has original score that plays at right. the park, and it sounds incredible. It played during the video, I think, their live stream of the opening. Yeah. I think there was some John Williams score there. It was incredible. It right. so if good. you subscribe to StarWars.com, yeah. they just like minutes ago sent out a thing so yeah. you could listen to his score. Oh, so yeah. cool! Very cool. Which I can't wait to listen to. It'll be pretty great. Yeah, but there's A wings, there's X wings, there's mm-hmm. that new tie uh, advance. I want to say, or uh, no, it's not tie. There's A wings in there. There's an A wing there. Yeah, on yeah. the ground. Wow. 
Those are my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously the Falcon, everyone's good. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know there was, like, I saw Falcon. there was some, like, it looked like there were some weird ships on, like, landing platforms yeah. that you couldn't get to and stuff, but, like, I didn't know there was actually some Rebel. Yeah. So there's probably First Order vehicles there, too, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a First Order vehicle just outside the uh, ship, just outside the uh, entrance. Mm-hmm. Far um, out, man. really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Summer next year, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll see more experiences coming out. They just had their sort of friends and family weekend, oh, bef- and then before we go, what what do you want to? If you could create one item for uh, Doc Ondar's denim and antiquities, what oh. item would that be? Oh, man. If you if you could find and buy one item in the Star Wars galaxy, what would it be? Yeah. Do you have one? Uh, lock of Qui Gon's hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I would take a Wampa Paw. Okay, that's um, a good one. I would actually want a um, lightsaber from like some esoteric Jedi that oh. like fallen from Geonosis. F- funny you should mention that. We'll get to that in Kyber <laughs> Crystal <laughs> Comics Corner. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we will. All right. Um, well, yeah. You guys ready for that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. This is the segment where we talk about the comics that came out this week, or with this uh, episode, this week and last week. So last week was yes. our big Vanity Fair coverage, coverage. So we're a little bit behind. So we got two uh, comics that came out last week, two that came out this week, and we're going to talk about them all. Um, interesting couple of weeks because we don't have any runs from any of the ongoing series the last two weeks. They're all kind of right. limited series or one shots ah. that came out. So. So these are kind of fun to talk about, but maybe not. We don't typically have as much depth to go into. But uh, last week's was uh, Galaxy's Edge number two, uh, Age of the Rebellion, Jabba the Hutt. Uh, and then this week was Vader Dark uh, Visions number four. Correct. Thank you. I'm looking at my iPad for yeah. small ones. Uh, and then Star Wars uh, 108. And I'll explain what we mean by that in a little bit. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, so I figure let's start with uh, Galaxy's Edge since we just finished Uh, talking about Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of the plot, we get the story where we're going kind of back and forth through time. There's an ongoing plot that's taking place during kind of current uh, timeline in uh, Black Spire Outpost at Doc Ondor's Denim Antiquities uh, where these kind of scoundrels, Remix, uh, Keto, and Wur are uh, row. It's not Wu or something yeah, else. Uro is someone uh, who are trying to basically get a MacGuffin, yep, <laughs> which yeah. we find out what the MacGuffin is at the end of the issue. And right. It's a very cool MacGuffin. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'll leave it there. You can read yeah. it. I mean, it's two weeks old. You probably read it, but it, I will talk about it more. I think maybe. Do you want to dive into it now? Uh, well, I'm just it? happy they finally yeah. revealed what these kind of smugglers were, were after mm-hmm. uh, in Doc Ondar's den, and uh, really, really cool uh, final panel that reveals it. So definitely check that out. But, yeah. Um, I love this issue. It's right. a lot of fun. And then concurrent to that, as they do in both these, is is, is there's a backstory kind of of one of the antiquities right. that someone uses or sees or, or finds in Doc Ondors. And this issue, um, it is uh, Keanu Monday's uh, lightsaber, lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that he lost during Order 66. Um, and he lost it on Megiddo? Megiddo. Megiddo. I can never remember how to say that one. Uh, Those are the clone marines. Megiddo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, what we get is that after his death, uh, Jabba has sent Greedo to that planet to uh, bring back uh, a given with implants, uh, much like Lobot's implants. Uh, yep, that have um, 
that have some information on it. And we thought this would be kind of fun. You know, we take these comics, they talk about a lot of these kind of rare species or species we don't hear. And we thought maybe it would be fun each week to highlight one of these kind of new creatures that, that we've seen. Or not new, yeah. but kind yeah, of Yeah, as we run one. across them. Yeah, and so, Grant, do you want to talk about kind of what we're using to talk about this? Oh, uh, yeah, you so we're, we are using Star Wars Alien Archive. I believe it was released uh, in April, end of April. I think so. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a gorgeous book. It has this kind of, like, retro look to it, uh, kind of faded whites, uh, gorgeous illustrations of all the the, car- the species that are in Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's all illustrated. There's yeah. not and any live pictures. It's all illustrators. Name. Let's plug the illustrator. Yeah, the yeah. illustrator yeah. is... Uh, oh, t- Tim McDonough. Uh, Tim McDonough. McDonough. Yeah, yeah. great yeah. work by Tim McDonough. Yeah. Really, really classic look to all the characters. But um, let's jump into the species in this comic this week, or That's last it. week, should I say. Yeah. Uh, so do you want me just to read the kind of the entry to it? Or yeah, do you, sure, uh, sure. Yeah, good, because I didn't read it, so, so I can't for, summarize it. Yeah, so this this character was in uh, Galaxy's Edge issue two. Uh, and he yeah he had the neural band kind of yeah. uh, like Lobot. So should we just describe him it's visually? Starts, it has a it visual? starts with a visual Great. description, because I think that's probably what they use. So these are given, uh, I'm going to let Grant uh, take the homeworld. The homeworld is... Yagdul. Thank you. I don't <laughs> pronounce things well. Uh, Yagdul. So this is the description uh, from the archives. The haunting appearance of the given species is what most who encounter them remember. With our large eye sockets and hairless heads, plus the fact that given walk with their arms held out in front of them, they give the impression oh, of whoa. animated skeletons. Uh, given are highly intelligent and well-known for their mathematical skills. This is central to given society as their skills are used to monitor the climate of their home planet, to make, a political de- to make political decisions, and to advance their engineering. Given, uh, oh, given greet each other, with no- not with a, ver- a variation of hello, but with an equation to be answered. Oh, I remember this. This is in the novel. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, For non-given, the equation comes with three possible answers. This academic prowess leads many given to to pursue careers in scientific fields. Uh, Dursil Befferin, I got it. Dursil Befferin was was a brilliant given uh, cryptographer. Uh, When the Empire captured her, she worked for them in exchange for her family's safety. Uh, Befferin was particularly skilled in probability analysis and solving complex mathematical problems, and when Luke Skywalker finally rescued her, he convinced her to lend her skills to the Rebel Alliance. Huh. That sounds really familiar. Was that part of the Luke Skywalker tales? Tales no. of the Jedi or something else? It just sounds really... No. Or was it from the say it was in the last shot, but maybe not. No. no, maybe it was in that one, but I don't... Because now I'm, I just read that book so long ago. Yeah, there's so many books we've read, but that that that, that actually sounds right. The equation thing yeah. is very familiar. And it was one of the books we've read somewhat recently. It was one of like the last five books that there was. They met one and they had to kind of come back oh, with this equation. So right. anyway, so yeah, so we get this, and in Galaxy's Edge, the given in question actually has those neurobands yeah. that yeah. Loba has. So throughout the issue, that given. Uh, is spitting out probabilities constantly to Greedo saying, your chance of success is 17%. Now it's down to 10%, yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so he's so Greedo is supposed to get this given back to Jabba because um, he or she has information about uh, a, a lot of things. Um, Greedo is not successful. <laughs> nope. But uh, wins his life back because he's able to give Jabba the lightsaber. Um, and that kind of, it seems like the very end of this issue butts up against, right up against uh, A New Hope. Seems like yeah. this might be the next gig he gets is hunting down Han Solo. So Yeah, it does seem like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, you have one more hope. thing to do. He's mm-hmm. like, you can get this bounty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
and um, and going back to and what's great about this issue, I believe you see all the eras. I believe you see like the Clone Wars. Yep. You see the uh, yeah. Age of the Rebellion. You also see uh, a little bit into the, the, the now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The sequel trilogy, which is really cool. Oh yeah, that's a good point. It really actually yeah. is all three. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, while these are kind of light fun stories in the in the galaxy's edge i do appreciate that and i think that's what i never really thought about what i appreciate is it does a lot of this time yeah. hopping and pulling together and sewing together these yeah. different eras which i appreciate you also get to see Wuro, the uh the, the bulky brawny aqualish fight a wookie in this issue that's right <laughs> yeah and it's, it's a big aqualish <laughs> and he yeah. wins yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think we can reveal that he wins it's pretty crazy it's impressive yeah so uh yeah lots of lots of other good stuff in there definitely worth picking up yeah um yeah, I, I didn't know. I was like, Galaxy's Edge, but you made a good pitch for that, the Galaxy's Edge show, essentially, um, a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. Adam. So I was like, all right, I'll take the plunge on these, yeah. and I'm really yeah, glad this I is, did. They're really exactly fun. what I want. I want them to do this show, but make yeah. it longer and just, just, you don't even need this overarching, like, plot of smugglers. Just, right. just, just jump in and out at the beginning and end of, like, someone picking up a, a different artifact and then chasing it down and having a little story. Like, yeah. How great would have been, like, a like an hour long episode of just Greedo. Having a chase down Keanu Monday's lightsaber. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. It was, yeah, good story. Um, what do you got All right. next? Let's jump to uh, Age of the Rebellion, Jabba the Hutt in oh, yeah. Great to be Jabba. Oh, I realized I didn't give credit, sorry, for who wrote or did the work on uh, Galaxy's Edge. So let me just do that real sure. quick. Because I like to do uh, Galaxy's Edge, which we just talked about, was brought to you by Sax, Sliney, Sanchez Amara, uh, and Lanham. And then Jabba the Hutt, which we'll talk about now, is brought to you by uh, Greg Pak, who's writing all of these Age of Rebellions. Yep. Uh, Lazio, uh, Bashi, uh, Trini, Mosea, Rosenberg, uh, Menon, and Lanham uh, again. And the Dodsons, as always, um, who does all the cover art for this, which is beautiful. So um, I'm not going to break this down too, too deep, you know, beat by beat, but it's a great story of double and triple crosses and basically Jabba is begins with uh negotiations with Tuscan Raiders about land rights basically mm -hmm. yeah. uh and the Tuscans are complaining that the Jawas are bothering them and the Imperials, and the Imperials are bothering them, bothering them. Yeah. and uh Jabba finds a way to kind of pit <laughs> Jawas Imperials and smugglers against each other and comes out the winner without anyone kind of realizing he yeah. masterminded the entire thing I mean this is just and it's such a fun ride that kind of yeah, paints and, this out. Yeah. yeah, and throughout, everyone's kind of blinded by their their greed mm -hmm. to acquire this substance yeah. called Tuscan Wind, which is this this beverage that the Tuscans brew. Um, and uh, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, that seems like the culminating uh, item that everyone was going after. Yeah, it was ultimately his like job as lever of power for yeah. this stuff. But I mean, he he comes across as brilliant when yes. you know if you have seen other huts they're not always that smart no nope. mm -hmm. java you know is merciless but it, he seems to always also be kind of smart um i do have they introduced this tuscan wind early <laughs> yeah and i'm just like oh my god please don't be some like like body fluid because <laughs> they show it was it was it canto bite yeah, like canto mm -hmm. bite. yeah so they're toasting this stuff like yep. it's the greatest stuff ever but i was like Oh, I'm like it's gonna be pee. It's gonna be pee. Yeah, or worse. Yeah. I don't know. And then um, I don't think yeah. they tell you the ingredients because I, I, I no, think but they no. they do the show. For it, but. Well, yeah, they, uh, I don't want to blow it, but they show what it is. It's not, yeah, it's not job as pee. I'll tell you that. No. Um. Yeah. I and there's so many little great moments. I mean, I just. For me, I just remember flipping a page and seeing Jawas commanding battle droids, yes. and I was on yeah. board. 
think my favorite um, concept in this issue is how attentive Jabba is to like the stock market of the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wow, that's awesome. He's kind of following what's you know what's trending in the black market. It's really yeah. really cool. Yeah. I mean, this really paints a different picture than the versus the drug-addled Jabba we see in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, he doesn't always seem like clever, like you know, yeah, definitely. smart like a fox, sly like a fox. I don't, you know, like yeah. looks like he's he's maybe a little slyer than I mean, he's letting on. Pack does a really good job of of getting these characters down because he does very much. Jabba feels very much like the Jabba we see mm-hmm. in a couple of the movies. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is like when we see him in the movie, like in episode one, we see him. He's literally asleep during the pod race. Like they don't. Yeah, he's kind of a surly teenager. Yeah, they don't paint I mean, him very well. And in and Return of the Jedi, he's a little like not like mm-hmm. whatever. But we know that Han is afraid of him. Like they, there's yeah. a lot of Han being very worried about him. Mm-hmm. And I think Pack is able to kind of get combine those two things. We see Jabba yeah. being gross and 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 hut like, right, with like burping and, yeah. and guzzling this this wind. Um, but we also see how, how, how conniving he is and how smart he is and how he just can, yeah. he can set up a part where, where, you know, 20 people just kill each other and just sit there and laugh. Right. Like he is right. menacing in a way that yeah. we haven't seen in the movies. I don't think. Yeah. Great, than, great usage of Boba Fett. I was going to say, we get a little Boba Fett action in here too. Yeah. 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 And how, and you really see how close, uh, their relationship is. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty interesting. And great use of Boba Fett. We see him in what, two panels of the comic? Yeah. Right, but yeah. he's, just, he's but a massive he's influence. a big part of it. He's he's <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I again, I, I'm gushing. I gush every week that we cover these Age of Rebellion, and I was yeah. so in on um, on Jody Hauser's uh, Age of mm-hmm. the, of the uh, Republic comics, which were yeah. amazing, and I just couldn't imagine anyone following it up. But Pack is doing an amazing yeah, job Age with these Age of Rebellion. Great. Yeah, what's next? Uh, good question, Grant. Luke Skywalker. There you go. You can get to the oh, end. Oh, right. There's Luke Skywalker, then Darth Vader. Right? Yes, we get a Vader comic because I think, yeah, I think we're gonna get. It'll be interesting what happens because we're gonna get. We'll talk about it in a moment. We're gonna get Darth. Uh, we're gonna get uh, Vader, Dark Visions four. Yep. Then I think this or five or five, yeah. which will end, the, end the, the, the series, and then and then this uh, Age of the Rebellion, and I think something else is coming down the line with more Darth Vader, but I don't think we have a yeah. full series coming yet. I'm still waiting for that third series to drop, but uh, we're getting a lot of these little mini series, which yeah. is okay. Um, all right. Speaking jump. of dark visions. Yeah. Great. You want to take this one? Let's jump into it. This is uh, Vader dark visions, part four of five. So it's the, the penultimate uh, issue here. Uh, it's titled hot shot. We have Dennis hopeless Hallam and on story, oh, Stephen hopeless. Mooney on artwork and Lee Loffridge on colorist. Uh, really, really fun issue. It actually reminded me a lot of issue two yeah. in the series where there's kind of an overtone of fear is kind of the mm-hmm. main theme. Um, so the, just a basic summary is uh, too paralyzed by fear to save his father from a stormtrooper patrol. A young man joins the rebellion some years later to get revenge against the Empire and uh, seemingly unafraid of the Empire. Uh, this, this young ace becomes uh, overconfident and aids in the assault on an Imperial supply moon. And when he encounters Vader... That fear inside him once again, once again emerges, and his cowardice leads him back to the rebellion outpost from which he came, and that leads Vader and his swarm of Tie Fighters to that very outpost and to a devastating resolve. It's a, uh, it's quite, quite dark, quite a dark yeah. issue. Yes, very, yeah. very dark. I mean, is there any like does hopeless Hallam always write stories that are completely devoid of hope, or, or <laughs> and or hope killing? Because um, that's what this episode. Kind of. 
so he's he writes for Marvel, and I was just reading another one. And he tends to take on the darker characters in the Marvel hmm. the Marvel yeah. universe. So he he likes to write these. They're definitely usually not as depressing as this, but but yeah. he likes to he likes to you know did mill around the, in depressing did he themes. Do the pregnancy arc with Spider Woman. I don't know. That's a good question. I think I, he did. I, I would oh, be surprised. So the way I end up learning um, illustrators and writers' names is via Star Wars. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. I should look at my other comics and see what they're doing. And oh. so my knowledge really goes back a few years after the canon re. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did I think that. he did. I think that's a, little, that's a, that's a bit lighter. So. Yeah, that's, that's definitely so a lot, to answer your a lot question, lighter. I don't, I don't think know it's if he was just doing dark. a thing. Yeah. This was maybe the darkest like <laughs> yeah, comic I mean, I've ever read. Definitely not. It was normal. like you're a failure now, just like you're always a failure. <laughs> the yeah. end. Like it you're just Yeah, I was just trying to figure out like there's just that moment of 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 the our the character we follow throughout the entire issue um it's not escaping Vader and you're just like this isn't going well. Like See, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if this series was pitched as the dark mirror for Star Wars. Mm. Because there are just so well, many. This is all supposed uh, to be Chuck Wendig's thing, right? Yeah. Dark fates to these characters. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be. And Chuck Wendig does have a great uh, uh, hand in, in writing uh, dark stories. Sure. Uh, his uh, like Miriam Black series right. is really dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we know great... he was canned like what six months before this thing came out. Uh, less, I think. Yeah, I bet, uh, it was probably a, a bit of, of a scramble to to redesign I, the narrative. I'm gonna go out and with my no knowledge of comics and say. It feels a little slapdab. There was a couple, yeah. they front loaded yes. with a couple great ones, but. Especially the pacing in this comic. I mean, I, I really. There's don't no have concept to it. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 definitely. It definitely jumps around in this comic. I mean, I'm a bit spoiled because I'm reading uh, Mr. Miracle right now, and they do these kind of nine panel grids where you can, you just yeah. know what, you know, the audience doesn't have to guess, do any guesswork in terms of, you know, uh, seeing one scene to the next. Yeah. Uh, th- but this does feel a little uh, jarring in terms of you're just in one place, and you're just in another place, and devastation has happened, but there's like no panels dedicated yeah. to it. It's really weird. Like there's they're yeah. all very good in their own right. Like I'm enjoying yeah, yeah. all of them, but they it just I don't know. It's not doing a thing. Like I felt it's like it would do a thing. Odd that there's not an overarching narrative, which is what they usually do with yeah. these. Like even look at like the Galaxy's Edge, right? There's there's right. some connective tissue. These read as if they're just in the old, not in the old, but in the, in the Star Wars run that's going on right now, or so often you can catch them, you can watch them being like, oh, we got to catch our wind. We got to plan out what this next yeah. six series arc is. Let's just throw this one shot story in there. Right. And you'd be like, Yoda versus a mountain. Um, <laughs> right. Which I bought. And I was, which literally happened. I like that. I like that one. Yeah. And, really? uh, <laughs> and so the stone magic. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> basically you would just, this, the, the episode, the issue would I start with, with, um, with Luke reading Ben Kenobi's, uh, journal. Right. And yeah, then right. like reliving that story. So you can feel those like, Oh, they need to catch their wind, figure out what they're doing and plan. So I, I think you guys are right. I think this is a lot of them just kind of like you, it's, it's easier to throw again, easier meaning, I still could never do it, right? Like, I don't want to sit here and be the person. No, like, I could totally yeah. do it. I'm not. This is not my area. But uh, based on kind of what I've read in terms of creating comics, it's easier to write a one-shot than it is to plan out a six-episode arc, right? Or six-issue yeah. arc, where you can kind of tell a very narrative story very quickly in 20 pages, right? Yeah. And then you can also tell the other thing, if, if you really want some kind of inside baseball about comics, um, you can tell, and I've noticed this with Tassiati... Uh, Coates, who writes for Black Panther and Captain America, yeah. who does a million freaking things, and I can't believe he's writing comics too. But you can tell he's a busy man, and occasionally he's like, "I don't have time." Black I have it. Excellent, right? It's now. so yeah, good. I, I be uh, it's really good. His run on Black Panther, his run on Captain America is amazing as well. Um, but you could tell occasionally he would be like, "I'm bumping, bumping up against a uh, a deadline," um, and he would just—you could tell it would just be like, "And they fight." 
for yeah. 20 panels like you and the <laughs> illustrator's like this is amazing i get to do this amazing yeah. fight scene but there's no dialogue and you can watch in some of these vader's dark visions mm. there's some scant dialogue which i think they yeah. use yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of scant. star fighting yeah which star again it's a little like not to like peek behind the veil but you can kind of tell when that yeah. happens with yeah. comics and from from a visual standpoint it's it's very it's very fulfilling but from a narrative standpoint it can be a bit a bit you know light yeah, and Vader's treated uh, objectively again in this issue. I think we are just missing yeah. him as the subject yes. of the story. He's kind of just sprinkled into this story. It's weird, yeah. yeah. For most of these, he's been like a supporting cast. You yeah, know, in the, the last story. two for sure. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, and some of these I love, and some of them are just kind of meh. Like I, yeah. the, the, you compared it to issue two, which I love the second issue of this because of the visual storytelling, mm-hmm. the yeah. use of panel design to illustrate. Uh, a star destroyer ripping through an exogorth, right? Right. Like, yeah, right. Which I'm sure it's just written. A, a star destroyer barrels through an exogorth, yeah, yeah. and the illustrator is like, "Thank you." Thank you. <laughs> like, here's like this full page splash. And this is very traditional, like very traditional paneling, and not using much. I mean, it's like four squadron paneling throughout mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and the, the illustrations are great, but there's not. If if the narrative's light, yeah. and the illustrations are light. The whole thing is light, right? Like you gotta have something, you gotta make up for one if the other one's a bit. Wacky. It's also redundant. We we had yeah. this story already in yeah. this series, and that would be my, my biggest criticism is that I think fear is you know fear as a message has been has been uh, already relayed in that second issue. I don't think I think we can explore other emotions, right? Other qualities that go along exactly. With Right, there was the love issue, there's the fear issue. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's maybe something else to mention too, is that, is it coincidence that the last two issues I have found somewhat lacking in the series? Right, like, yeah. I did not particularly enjoy the last, we don't need to relitigate that one, um, right. that set the internet store on fire a little bit. And this one was fine, it wasn't, wasn't, I didn't have any issues with it, I just didn't find it very engaging. So to me it feels like, yeah, they probably had time slapdash together. They could spend yeah. a lot of time with the first two issues, and then suddenly it's like, uh oh, we're running up against it. Let's just boom, 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 get these next three out and, and yeah. fill it. Yeah. Yeah, which is a bummer. I mean, we're the three of us are card carrying members of the Chuck Wendig uh, fan club. That's um, uh, And, that's you know, you should definitely give them a shot um, if you haven't. Um, so, yeah, it's just sort of a bummer we didn't get his vision on this because it just, I mean, I mean, like literally five minutes ago, we were talking about Wait, how. Which uh, Chuck one day, oh, yeah, Chuck yeah. but yeah. like, I was just gonna say, like, five minutes ago, we were talking about how like a TV show of all vignettes that have no connection to each other would be fantastic, and then we're talking about how this series of vignettes with no connection to one another is not all that great. It, it just feels like a miss on a missed opportunity with Darth Vader. Yeah, um, and I, and I, I yes, but I want to also mention that or I don't know, it's just sitting with me a little. No, funny. I mm-hmm. I'm with you there, but I just I don't I wanna I wanna think it's make it clear that I think a lot of this is not falling on any of the creatives in this issue in this. Yeah. I think it's I think it's feeling no, like it's still of great peace. hopeless it's is beautiful. working yeah. on so many other things. I'm sure he's just like, okay. Yeah. And I can do this. Because he I just did confirm that he did do the Spider Woman pregnancy oh, cool. yeah. um storyline, which I really dug. That's I really enjoyed fun, it. Yeah. Super fun. Um he did um Avengers Arena hmm. uh and Avengers Academy way back when, which is really good but really dark. It's basically um What's that? It's it's kind of like Deadly Class with uh, that show Deadly Class, yeah, yeah. but with superpowers. So it's very yeah. dark of like people killing each kind other. Like basically, oh, uh, Umbrella, umbrella Society. Yeah, Umbrella Society. Umbrella so like that. Basically, the Avengers take yeah. on all these kids of supervillains yeah. to try to make them oh, cool. superheroes. So it's just really creative, Weird. like try to train them to be. Um, like the runaways. And, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. And so he's working on a lot of stuff. And he's a creative guy. And I like a lot of what he does. But I think this is just... I think 
they felt the need. They had to fit it in, and I think they kind of forced yeah. it a little bit. He's like, oh, you say you want this to be dark? I'll make it dark. Yeah, he's like, okay, challenge <laughs> I accepted. Like, I can do that in two scenes. Yeah. Whew. All right, well, we know issue five. There's a little uh, uh, summary for issue five here. Darth Vader is on the hunt, and no being in the entire galaxy can escape once the Dark Lord has them in his sights. All right. Sounds like this issue. Sounds like issue two. <laughs> like that, like literally, two. you could put that as issue two. <laughs> yeah. Or has that just been the description for every Maybe single issue? Maybe that was. I don't know. It was issue one. Sure. It said right? issue five. Here. And it looks like we get a little uh, kind of tease of the cover back here, which looks amazing. The cover yeah. looks really cool. The covers are great. Yeah. But, um, um, cool. Um, all right, let's talk a bit about this uh, Star Wars 108, which some listeners might be going, wait a minute, Star Wars yeah. is only at issue yada yada, 60, 60 something, something, right? Yeah. Yes. So. Um, a little backup backstory. Uh, Marvel is celebrating their 80th anniversary. And as such, they're releasing new versions of some of their classic oh, comics. cool. Um, which is really, really cool. They did some, because before they did superheroes, they did a lot of crime stories, a lot of horror comic books. There's this whole history that I talk about in my classes about comic book censorship in the 50s, which is just amazing. And oh, you wow. should all research it. Um, but so they've been kind of bringing those back to show like, this is what we've been for the last 80 years as a company. Uh, and what they decided to do is release, uh, a new version, uh, of their original Star Wars run, which took place in the late seventies and early eighties. It took place between, they, they had 107 issues that took place for the most part over, over nine years. So for the most part, it took place, uh, between empire and then after Jedi, that was like that nine year span. Yeah. Uh, and it ended kind of abruptly at uh, issue 107. So they just released issue 108 30 years later, 40 That's years so later. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it really is a legacy piece. And, and, you know, normally I will read off the uh, creators of this, but there are eight chapters to the story, each one with a different um, writer. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Is it massive? Uh, or a different artist, I think. It's massive. It is, it's a big run. It's kind of a maxi series. Yeah, um, oh, wow. It's, it's huge. I'm looking at it right now. It's very thick. It's, it's, it's about, it's, it's the size of an annual comic for the most part. Um, it's like a Reader's Digest. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and, you know, so I'm not going to read them off, but it's, it's, it's writers and illustrators from current runs and also people who actually worked on this original run of Star Wars. And I'm not also, I'm also not going to talk about the plot because it really does just kind of pick up um, where this one, this one last uh, 40 yeah, years ago. Um, and it's a sequel to issue 50, um, which which dealt with um, a lot of kind of these amazing characters of the time. Uh, Valance the Hunter, um, which the other thing about this canon is this is even like, you know, we talk about the old canon being erased, what, ten five years ago now? The old yeah. canon kind of got reset. This is like old old canon this is like oh, this pre is old, yeah this is pre dark horse taking over like yeah. this is this was i mean lucas was a believer that everything's canon like even um um even uh crystal of the mind no what's it uh crystal of the mind crystal of the mind's eye they somehow splinter of the mind's eye yeah somehow they retconned it into being canon like all these are kind of tried to be retconned <laughs> into being but it's just wow. even these are ignored by old canon so this is like right. original canon then there's old canon and right. now there's new and this is before I was reading comics, so I had to go back and read this stuff as a yeah. teenager. Um, but it's super fun um, kind of bringing back these characters like Valance um, and... We have Domina. Domina and... some sort of bunny alien? The bunny who I'm trying... Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, I couldn't remember Jackson the rabbit, yeah. uh, but don't call him a rabbit. 
Um, yep. <laughs> and similar to Rocket, don't call him a raccoon. Right. Um, so we are introduced, reintroduced all these characters, and it was written as a direct sequel to issue 50 of the comic. So mm. it kind of introduces these wow. things, bring back these old characters. And I love this. I'm, I'm yeah. glad. I'm like, just bring it back, do an issue. But it really, it, it, it reminded me of watching The Force Awakens in some ways where yeah. I got my nostalgia buttons got pressed a nice. lot reading this. And it ends with this three pages of kind of an oral history of the original Star Wars comic run that's really worth reading about kind of how it came to be. And the thing I took away from it is that Lucas had to approve, because at that point Lucas was very involved, had to approve every script of the comic that came mm -hmm. through. He had to look at it and say, okay. Um, and a lot of times, because it was written between Empire and Jedi, he would occasionally be like, you, you can't do that. Yeah. And they'd be like, why? He's like, I can't tell you. Like, occasionally <laughs> they would write something romantic between Luke and mm -hmm. Leia because, it was, you know, last we left them, everyone there, thought there was, was a love triangle. Yeah. Right. And, and and Lucas would be like, no, <laughs> don't yeah. do that. Think about that. <laughs> can't say why. Um, so if you have ever read these, it's worth reading. If you've never read original Star Wars comic run, it is worth picking up to see, huh. like, where the EU started. Um, yeah. And we get some amazing, like, Grant has a page open, and we get, like, just an amazing lo look of Luke and his, like, black Jedi outfit, you know, force Ooh. levitating the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so. It That's what me, it's all about right there. It reminds me of what the old EU was like, right? Like, this is you could do whatever you wanted because people thought there wasn't going to be another movie or it wouldn't wreck the timeline type of thing. And I just... Part of me kind of wishes, and I love the new EU, because instead of going, instead of advancing the storyline, it goes really deep into characters. It's yeah. more character stories, yeah. which are really fulfilling. Part of me is like, you know, maybe let the legends be like a different timeline and keep some of those stories going, like give some of those writers those books, because I'd be interested to see what they would do with those like separate timelines. Well, you mean going. like the the second era EU? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and even do this. Like, there's like I think a lot of people believe, I mean... The, I agree with you. It yeah. Was, most of that stuff was fantastic. Yeah. And a lot of it was junk. Plagueis. But the Bane trilogy was amazing. It was so I liked weird. Vector Prime and I, I yeah. liked Vector Prime. The, great. Yeah. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, let's keep doing some of that stuff and keep the new canon. Because I love the new canon as yeah. well. Like, I don't think we should get rid of the new EU. But, like, yeah. there's room for both, I think. Probably not. But I think so. There's, they got nothing, you know, Disney's got nothing but time. Disney's yeah. going to be around long after all of us are yeah. gone. Yeah. So. Good. Oh, sorry. I was just, Valance was often used as this kind of pulpy, you know, rival to Vader. This kind of guy yes. who could just get in these endless battles with mm. Vader. Yeah, it's really Vader's fun. Vader's match. Issue yeah, yeah, Vader's match, I think, was, uh, was is what, how he was being marketed. He was kind of the, the character that, yeah. could, that could hold his own against Vader. And what's great in this issue mm. is it just, they added, they added so much to his character. And they really dug in on the kind of poetic uh, nature of his character, which is that he is... He has a phobia of droids and has a phobia of, of turning into a droid himself. Yeah, and cybernetics and all this kind of stuff. Oh, okay, he's so a that's cyborg. Why yeah, because he's like, a cyborg, and so he, yeah, he extra hates yeah. Darth Vader because he's super afraid of him. Yeah, right. And so, and Luke and, and Darth Vader both share this this same fear that uh, with Valance and a uh, really, really fun ending to this issue. I would equate it to almost like Pinocchio. Um, it, it's it's a really really great story. It's timeless. Uh, it's fun. They give so much meat to to the character of Valance. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. And it's really a rewarding issue for anyone who read the little thing. Like they tie up a lot of storylines mm -hmm. and give people kind of let's like last uh last kind of uh, hero story, which is fun. Yeah. The thing I missed as reading this, and what I didn't realize is they brought Valance back into the new EU. Oh. In Han Solo Imperial Cadet, there is a character called Val Valance. Oh, really? no way! And so, 
And they even say, they say, um, uh, while a version of Valance was introduced into current canon via Han Solo Imperial Cadet miniseries, um, how fun it would it be to bring Jackson, Amazia, and even the devious uh, Domina tag back for one spectacular or one special story. Hmm. So we got to keep an eye on that because also if you've been paying attention to what's coming up in Vader lore in the next new canon... We're gonna see. Mm. Um, we're gonna see a reappearance of, of Valance, the cyborg guy, in oh, new wow. canon. So they're recanonizing him. Oh wow! Interesting. <laughs> what was his character in um, in um, Imperial, Cadet. Imperial Cadet? I think he. he I, I mean, think, I, I think it, he was the was injured. I think he was the injured pilot that they had the rescue. He was like the guy that was like a, he was. Right, he was like, I'm always right. He was the better pilot, the Han, the only one that was like that good. Yeah, and he was like, I'll go. Oh, and they just kept putting him back together. Again. Yep. So and there's oh, a, so the next now. Vader yeah. miniseries is going to continue that storyline with him and Vader and kind of retcon some of the stuff that we saw way back hmm. 40 years ago. Yeah. So, so that's fun tipping, to do that. It tipping is tipping their hat to that character. It's fun. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't you can't pull a character out of an era from what 50 years Mm-mm. ago and just drop it in couldn't redo it it would not work yeah, at all you've completely. got to sort of like yeah. shoehorn it in which That's is all comics ever do right. as they i mean look at dc they've been rebooting their universe so many times and having to reinvent these characters and make yeah. them more real right or you just do marvel and just have it the same timeline whatever and ignore everything yeah. else but whatever i won't get into a dc versus marvel because marvel would win every time but whatever <laughs> Far out, man. Far out. Well, that was, yeah. uh, that's very cool. I look forward to reading that. That was the only one I didn't It's fun. It's worth picking up. Yeah. Um, great. And now for Into the Holocron. All right, everyone. Welcome. This is uh, Into the Holocron. This is formerly Holonet Rumors. Uh, in this section, we will go over spoilers. So if you don't want to listen or hear any spoilers, by all means, just uh, you can end the show now or fast forward about five minutes or so when we when I do our closing statements. Um, yeah, so this is Into the Holocron, used to be Holonet Rumors. Uh, here we talk about predictions, theories, rumors floating around the internet, all that kind of stuff about the rise of Skywalker and future Star Wars stories. So um, this week we have a fun tweet that's making the rounds, and it's, it's a Pablo's response uh, on Twitter to someone who said, So what is this we hear? Han is a deadbeat dad with a slice in, with a slice in the side and is secretly raised dad. <laughs> Please let me know Abrams is not the lame and go full the, this lame and go full Mori Povich worthy in in the Rise of Skywalker. To which Pablo Hidalgo responded. <laughs> uh, responded, "That doesn't fit with the timeline. Han and Leia were together up until about five years before TFA, when it all went to hell. And Ray is nineteen. So there it is, folks. It seems Han Solo is is not the father of Ray, or yeah. or that's kind of what everyone's gleaned from right. this." tweet oh that makes me very happy um <laughs> i mean we've talked we about have this right yeah yeah and this is good that he confirmed it that it's not like he has a side piece yeah because that's the he issue right like space piece. Yeah, space piece. that would have been the issue right like i feel like if jj did this which i can't believe kathleen or the story group allowed this is just like the the fan revolt quote-unquote fan revolts we've seen in the past would be nothing compared to right. interesting the idea that han was unfaithful affair. to yeah. Leia at some point, yeah. and that would have been that would have been real rough. This is yeah, this is mythology. This isn't you know like daytime soap opera. Mm-hmm. Like yes, space opera you can call it, but it's ultimately mythology. Like there's no real room for yeah. that in there. 
Yeah. I, I do think there was the, a moment in The Force Awakens when, when Han does look over at Rey when they're landing on Takadana and gives her a, a semi-weird look and it does yeah. hang on, the camera does hang on that for a second. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were speculating yeah. that Han might have I've a bigger... I've never seen so much yeah. green in my whole life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Ugh. You and look a lot spot. like <laughs> a girl I used to know. I'm Corellia. <laughs> mm. You sound <laughs> like her too. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about this, yeah. what, a week ago? Two yeah. weeks ago? That like... No, the timeline makes more sense if she was the granddaughter right. of Han and Kira. Yeah, yeah. And Carrie Russell's her mom. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, because we don't know what happened after the events of the Solo movie. They could have gotten back together. A lot of things could happen. And it's yeah. like, but she could still be possessed by Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn's like, yeah. you can't have your child. You know, there's a lot of things. Right. So, mm-hmm. and then she takes this her daughter and secrets her away, who then, you know, kind of grows up. Similar to Luke in a, you know, kind of backwater or whatever, ends up getting picked up by right. another organization, becomes some type of scoundrel or bounty yeah. hunter, uh, who then has a yeah. daughter she also... Yeah. Well, we talked about that, and if as a final reveal, I I know for you guys it works. For me, it's like I just need a little bit more about Kira for that to be super impactful, especially in a main saga. I 100% agree. Like as much as I joke about this, I don't. We were kind of talking about this before. I don't necessarily want that. Mm -hmm. To me, to me, I still just want Ray to be a no one. Like I want her parents. I want Kylo to be telling the truth. Her her parents are filthy junk traders who are dead in a pauper's grave on Jakku. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's the most fulfilling story in a weird way for for people watching it this this the 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 idea that anyone could be the next chosen one is yeah. so to me so much more interesting and resonates with me more than like legacy yeah. right or if they wanted to give her a happier version of that they yeah. weren't filthy junk traders but they were people that were alienated by some group you know sure and like the empire towards the end of days and she's forced to give her up or whatever and yeah and it was like but it was the dark side that that twisted her into believing or her own self-doubt mm-hmm. that just made her believe yeah. the wrong thing you know it's like no you don't know unless you know and um give them the benefit of that like yeah there's a lot of ways to spin it but ultimately she this is the end of the skywalker story yeah right? well it's also it makes sense yeah. to, to turn the page and not have the you know the legacy character or the characters that are going to move on from here hopefully and, and to be fair Han Solo is a father figure to Rey in yeah. The Force Awakens I mean right. we have it on screen we have the father daughter relationship on screen um, and I think a lot of people were speculating <coughs> that, that she could be the the, sibling, the long lost sibling of, of Kylo or something like that but sure. but now that we know that Han is out of the picture as a, a parental a parentage reveal and we also know in the Vanity Fair article that JJ said, when you do, you know, see the reveals and you do see what the film uh, is going to show us, it's it's going to be, oh yeah, obviously that. Obviously that was that. obviously that yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. So, um, so not a sibling reveal. Yeah. And that could, that, that seems like a, almost like with everything we've seen thus far with the force bond and all that kind of stuff, that seems like, yeah, that's not obviously that route to go. But without that, I think um, we're going to have to look in, in other directions for our own predictions, um, and I think I think most people are jumping back to the clone theory. I mean, the clone theory yeah. is just exploding right now, and a lot of people are saying, you know, she's either clone of Luke's hand that was first featured in the Michael Arndt film, uh, clone of Darth Vader, yeah. and then I've said more recently, clone of Kylo Ren. Yep. Um, because of Kylo Ren. Of Kylo, yeah. Yeah. isn't she older than he is? She's younger than. She's younger. Ren. Yeah, and um, so okay, just because I think. Uh, in the way that Snoke treats Kylo Ren, it seems like maybe there's some potential that he's not living up to that they may have to just get another host to do, you know, for, for that. To, to to be their next, you know, chess piece on the board, their big piece. But, um... Sorry, a little 
Someone chopping down a tree outside. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Too bad. Thank you, Adam, for eliminating tree knives. Um, yeah, so clone theory is back. So I'd like love to ask you guys if if they do go the clone route, uh, in what order uh, would you would you find most satisfying? Would or like what uh, sure. clone route would be most satisfying for you? Would it be Vader? Would it be Luke's severed hand? Would it be Kylo Ren? Here's my top ten. Not a clone. 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 Luke, Vader, Kylo. That's my top ten. Okay. Yeah. I think you might get the Luke one. I think same. I think same. Luke Vader Kylo. Yeah. Luke Vader Kylo, but like please don't make it. I'll go Kylo Luke. I'll go Kylo Luke Vader. All right. Why Kylo? Oh, just because of the brain. Uh, I'm talking about the the, yes. the potential, the potential, the mispotential of Kylo that the, the dark sides are trying to seize with sure. a new, new candidate. That's I, that's kind of my big argument for that. I also want to be clear. I love Star Wars. Any of those three that they go with, it, they'll I'm sure they'll do it definitely, and I'll be right. fine my with number, it and end up loving it. Yeah. But just personal preference, not a clone. The caveat to anything I say is I'm an idiot, and yes. these are all professionals, and I trust them implicitly yeah. to do a good thing with it. But I mean, I think all three yeah. you can tell a good story around. Yeah, yeah. For me, I want. Obi-Wan to come back in the story in a big way and I'd like Ray to be mm, connected to be him. Cool. I think that'd be fun. Sure. Yeah, I'd be up for that. So that's uh I'm putting all my chips on Obi-Wan. Okay, all right. Now, yeah, sure. I think I'm just yeah, that's a big many, that's a big right? course correction yeah. for me too. I'm kind of I think it would be a massive surprise, like as big as Empire. Granddaughter oh, of yeah. Satine. Not even a, not again, I don't want to get into the mysticism, but I don't think it has to be, you know, a direct parentage per se. Could be okay. some other route. Gosh, sure. what what other route? I'm what not, not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. You guys know me. <laughs> Know where to find me. Hashtag is, Raider. Hashtag Raider. Yeah. Reincarnation. There's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of, no, there's a lot of good, good argument behind reincarnation. It's not something we've yeah. seen, but like it is like as far as mythology and religion goes, reincarnation is rampant. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's very much a thing and it would fit if they're done the right way, but oh, it's hard. I, wouldn't you? It would be hard to do. But when, I mean, when you have the idea of a quote unquote chosen one, it kind of does lend itself to yeah. that a little bit. Like mm-hmm. to be honest, Again, number one choice is she's nobody. You know, in terms of like yeah. the force just chose someone else. Um, number two would actually probably be reincarnation. Number three would be clone. Number four would be lineage. I think out of those kind of, I don't. I'm just not interested in her being reincarnation's climbing for you. Then no, it's always about <laughs> right, you. Good, good, good. You're you're just focused on Ben's negativity. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I mean, focus on. I granted. Here's what I'll say. Like there's to me there's a wide gap between my number one and my number two, <laughs> meaning that like I really <laughs> okay. want her to be no one. Then I'd be fine with reincarnation. Then I'd be okay with it being a clone. And then I'd be just be like whatever if it was lineage. Right. You know those, are, those sound like really good psychometrically measured <laughs> right. categories. And let's not nail ourselves to a wall no. here either. You know because like the the high probability is at least for myself like i'm gonna see the movie it's gonna be some combination like yes of what we've thought of yeah. and it's gonna be cool and it'll be great but it's like the i've, I've learned recently I, that the important part of speculation is not to get your hopes up so exactly. much that you're gonna be disappointed if it's exactly. not what you think yeah. it's gonna be yeah um because we're not prognosticators no. and we're not movie makers i mean grant mm-hmm. is but no. yeah. i'm not and like yeah, and it's still it's a different it's a different beast. I'll do it from another perspective. They've done eight episode movies at this point, right? And they have yet to do anything that has made me jump off the bandwagon. Yeah. What are the odds they're gonna do something in the last one that that makes me go no? Yeah, you know I mean? like that's yeah. not gonna Fairly happen. Fairly none. Yeah, that she just cool. wants you to snuggle her. And she heard. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That was the only rumor we really had to yeah. talk about. Good so. rumor though. Good rumor. And um, yeah, man. 
Great all around. Good uh, comics week and mm-hmm. um, and Galaxy's Edge. Oh my goodness! I can't wait to see the uh, more content that's going to yeah. come. Yeah, I'm definitely be out of there. Watching some videos this weekend. I yeah. think. in between uh, ripping up deck boards. <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine that? Like how happy Disney must be to be like there are going to be people that are going to be spreading this on social media yeah, like yeah. what the experience is like mm-hmm. and everyone's yeah. gonna want a piece of it oh yeah it's gonna be huge pretty cool all right uh talk to you all next week may the force be with you this is grex Kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at core world news on twitter and instagram thank you and good night remember the force will be with you always yeah.